filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Hey, hey, welcome in to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast, coming at you after a, a week that saw four D.C. area professional soccer wins. So good week uh, on the field for D.C. United and the Washington Spirit, Loudoun United. We are here to talk about D.C. United. My name is Adam Taylor. I'm joined by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. We are all from blackandredunited.com, where we cover these teams. And uh, this show here is focused on D.C. United. So that's what we're talking about. We've got a 3 nothing win over Inter-Miami to break down for you on this episode. Later in the week, we will have a conversation with the founders of the Rose Room Collective, a new supporters group for people of color. We're going to talk about them and formation of that group and a lot more. Before we do anything, though, Ben, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, a fine Pilsner beer, as it says on the can. Uh, it is Mr. Miller's light fine Pilsner beer, and it's it, it's one of the taller boys. Uh, it's my go-to, like, cheap macro doesn't have that many calories it's it it does the job that's that's what i'll say about mr miller's fine pilsner beer it's it's an efficient wisconsin beer is what it is there you go (laughs) jason what are you drinking uh i've had uh, on top of detailing to you guys a new old man knee pain that i had literally discovered literally today uh i also started having like a neck tension headache kind of thing (laughs) going on around like seven o'clock that those are not new. Um, I just get them sometimes if I move my neck badly uh, and it can be kind of out of the blue. Um, so with that headache raging, I've decided to not have any alcohol to just, you know, have one less thing that could cause a future headache. Uh, so I've just got some um, uh, grapefruit LaCroix seltzer. Um, I will say, Jason, I will say that uh, being the, the the youngest person on this podcast, but still a, an, an old man, um, Tomorrow, I'm going to get my first ever uh, massage, and I'm planning yeah. on making that a regular occurrence to help just help f- fix or at least delay the disaster that is my entire back. Mm-hmm. I, I need to start doing that, honestly, because my back is beyond disaster at this point. It's, I, it's, I it's haven't very had bad. One, I haven't had one in a while because of the whole pandemic that we... Uh... That right. uh, was afflicting and still is afflicting our lives, but has lessened for those of us that have gotten a shot. Um, but yeah, uh, I highly recommend uh, it will help you out, especially if you find a good one. And then you listen to them when they tell you afterwards to like go home, drink a bunch of water and like take it easy for the rest of the day. Um, and not so crouch in front of your computer and podcast. Yes. Uh, or like don't do heavy lifting. Um, so yeah, if you can, I mean, granted, you guys have kids, so you might have lifting that becomes unavoidable uh, as a surprise. Um, but if you can do all those things, then they do definitely help. 
And this is, uh, if, if you're a, the concept of massage therapy uh, and you'd like to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> please get in touch with us as a concept, email us and we'll figure out how you can send us money conceptually. We need real money in the end though, is the thing. I mean, if, if, if our only option is to talk to a practitioner about this, then, then so be it. I will, I will not think twice about taking a practitioner's money in this case. Uh, on another note, I am drinking a, a more local, smaller beer um, and more seasonal than than Miller Lite, I suppose. Flying Dogs Dead Rise. Miller Lite is of all seasons. That that's why it's not seasonal. It's that's kind of the definition. Um, but yeah, Old Bay beer. It's a Goza this year. It's good. It's it's very light. The lemon is not as it's not as lemon forward as last year, so you get a little bit more of the old bay, but it's still milder than that that first year several years ago that just punched you in the face with old bay. I miss that. that I enjoyed that beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but this one is still quite good summer beer, so I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, and it's summer now officially, even if the weather didn't get the memo this weekend. But I'm happy with it. I'm drinking a beer. So another thing I'm happy with is uh, DC United's performance in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. It's it's really what we've been waiting for, especially on this podcast. All those weeks of looking for signs of progress and encouragement after losses. Uh, not this week. DC United went down to South Florida and took a 3 nothing win over Inter-Miami out of Dorf Punk Stadium. Um, Ola Kamara with the brace and the hockey assist. Paul Ariola assisted one of Kamara's goals and scored one of his own. Um, just a generally great performance. This is the time we'll look back. This was the game when they first put it all together. Got the first goal from a press, uh, second goal or the last goal from vertical play. There was uh, fitness was an issue here. Like the team was obviously the fitter team on the field and the buy-in was obviously very strong. They just, this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, I hope this is the one where we can go back and say they put it all yes. together. But yeah. we have we can't to say, the future. It ha- we have to say that um, this is a very bad Miami team. We spent a lot of time on last week's second episode uh, just dunking on Phil Neville. And he proved us right by being very dunk worthy. Um, but Sometimes you need a bad opponent to get yourself into the groove. And uh, Paul Ariola got in his groove. He he scored a goal from an, impo- an, an impossible angle. And more importantly, Ola Kamara started to get in the groove. He started scoring goals. He started linking up better with his teammates. And that could be the key thing out of this game is not even necessarily the three points. The three points are always great, of course. But if this is the game that gets Ola Kamara uh, on uh, on a tear, or not even a tear, but just even like interacting well with his teammates and contributing significantly, like close to his salary level, that is probably the most important thing out of this game. Yeah, and, and we, like Ben mentioned last week's show, a lot of the stuff that we said was going to happen, uh, and and that we hoped would play out DC's way, it did go that way. Um, whether that's on the show and on, uh, not to, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but like my preview was also about getting old. Pat yourself on the back, Jason. 
You're a good soccer actually, analyst. Actually, you're, don't, you're probably... don't hurt yourself trying to do that, though. You're right. well, that too. Frail. But also, and, and, well, and also, don't pat yourself on the back too badly, uh, too much, because we don't want Inter Miami to hire you because you'd be a better coach than Phil Neville. Well, I mean, the 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 important thing for me from this game, other than I guess job opportunities, um, <laughs> is that uh, DC went and and they didn't just. I mean, first of all, their their pressure in the early going of this game, they ate Miami for lunch. Um, they really made Miami just Miami was like, oh no, what have we gotten ourselves into? Um, from from the jump, uh, which is this is that's what this is supposed to do when it works really well. The other team is supposed to be like, I don't have an answer for this. And that is what Miami did. Um, but DC had to back that up by giving themselves the positive game state. We spent some time on this. Um, how They've been good at the start of games, but they don't give themselves the positive game state to play with. Um, and they finally went out and did it. Uh, and they did it through not just their pressure, but like scripted pressure. Um, seeing Miami's, even though Miami changed their formation, which did not work uh, for them, uh, which is, <laughs> I, I will say it's, it's you know, Losada has talked about how, how many teams that he said it after this game as well, teams are changing to adapt to DC United. They see the way DC plays and they say, we have to change what we do to adapt to them, which is helpful. Uh, It's good because teams, they have their plan A for a reason. And DC is now forcing them out of it even before they get into the stadium. Um, So that's a big plus. But um, for DC, that first goal especially is kind of like, that's, that's the big one to me because they knew exactly where Miami was going with the ball. They knew it was going to be that pass. They knew who needed to step when and where, who, what passing lane to cut off in what order, so that eventually Russell Knauss has a lane to go step high, and that's where he actually applies the pressure on the ball. And so Miami, every it's it's this thing of like every step Miami took, it's almost like something out of a horror movie where they're the victim in the end. It's like every time they turn one way, an, an exit was closed or there was an obstacle or something. And so they said, okay, well, what if we do over here? And they're in a panic at this point. They're starting to not take their time and not see their options. And then they turn back and now there's a block. There's something else there. And so they turn and there's a third one. And now there's another DC player in the prime blue kit uh, now blocking the third way out. And so all their different exit routes keep getting cut off over and over again. Um, until eventually you get someone who's not expecting not expecting to be pressed. All of a sudden, Russell Canals is all over him. And when you get someone who's not expecting pressure and Russell Canals is actually all over him, that person's going to lose the ball. Um, I, would, I, would, case, I would not even touch the ball. Right. Just be like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I would never want Russell Canals all up in my business, and I, except maybe if I was uh, uh, trying to sell a house. And then I would want Russell Canals. I assume that's a business. less physical process um, than this was. I, at least I hope so. I mean, in, in this economy, you might have to like uh, uh, high press some uh, some homeowners to uh, to to get your get your sales in right. I have a friend who just went through a horrible sale process where the the seller just yeah. decided not to sell after signing a contract. It was so bad. they should have. So we need Russell. So they should have had Russell Canals on yeah. his side. Clearly, we needed Russell Canals in that situation. Um, we we we've said his name a few times. Ola Kamara uh, came in. We we've been we we said Jason, you and I on the the pre pregame show on Twitter Spaces, and you said it on the show last week. Getting him in there to make 
center forward runs and do center forward things uh, was something that would probably help this team. And it did. He kind of tied the room together in a mm. real way um, by just being there and doing center forward things, uh, especially with the running of Adrian Perez and Paul Ariola on either side of him. It it worked. And he, yeah. he got two goals and like, you know, hopefully uh, he, he continues to perform at that level. And some of the criticism that he garnered over the last year starts to subside a little bit. And and what a difference it makes for him to be fully fit. Um, yeah. This is one of the things I wrote about after the game was just um, the fact that he he looks fitter, like his movements are sharper. He looks faster. Um, that stuff makes a big difference. It makes your life so much easier. And he, you know, last year was not easy for him. And one thing as a striker you need to help your confidence is like, how can we make this easier for you? And one of the ways is just to make you faster and stronger so that, you doing what you want to do is easier for you. And so um, holding Kamara out was definitely a risk. Uh, The team probably could have brought him back uh, or played him longer, uh, but they took the long view and they said, we're going to be patient here. We're not going to ask him to play more minutes than he's ready for. We're going to build him up slowly. They finally let him loose. Uh, This was his first 90 minutes. This is his first start of the year. Um, and he looked like someone who had gotten fitter and was in a better place mentally as well. Um, you know, it was, it's nice to see anytime your striker is able to do two celebrations that are sort of mocking the home fans. Um, (laughs) that means things are going well for your team. Uh, I mean, provided the mockery is, you know, uh, civil, uh, rather than, you know, crossing some lines here, but, um, I think doing a small bow to the visiting or the, uh, the home fans that when you're the visiting team that's pretty good if your striker's doing that something's working so um it was good to see the ola kamara that um this was i feel like the first time we've seen the one that we thought was coming to dc uh because he got here he played well but he got injured and then he came back he played a couple more games and he took a different injury um him and rooney did the thing where they were always only one of them available and never both uh back in 2019 um they did the tyler durden right and then 2020 uh, Kamara was injured virtually the entire, he was injured from preseason, I think, um, through the entire season. Um, I remember speaking to him during the preseason before COVID hit out at the St. James, uh, training facility for, um, during the preseason. And he talked about how he was getting close and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but then he had another setback and it was the whole season of that. Um, and he did score four goals, but it felt like he scored none, uh, the way the season went. Um, so getting him fit, like seriously fit, not fit enough to play, but fit enough where he was actually at his best, uh, I think was a crucial thing for this team. And I hope that this wasn't just a one-off because Miami is bad, but because, uh, but becomes a thing where United's pressure causes them to get, win the ball in dangerous spots. And then all of a sudden, even if you don't necessarily have a, um, Emmanuel Reynoso or Carlos Hill level player doing the playmaking, you just have so many numbers forward and you're winning the ball so close to goal that you can get the job done, whether it's Russell Canals, whether it's Paul Ariola or Adrian Perez, or, you know, if it's Kamarni Smith playing uh, off the bench or something, you're going to get guys setting up chances for Kamara. And if he's confident they're I feel like they're still going to go in, you know, this is a player that needed, I mean, we were probably kind of close to the end of, can he is he going to hack it or are we going to have to do something in the next uh, transfer window um but you know this is evidence that he did kind of come through at the last minute a little bit 
um, and can be that guy or at least be part of the equation. Because I also don't think that, you know, lo- uh, one similarity between Losada and Olsen is that he's not necessarily building a system where one player has to score 20 goals, um, which is different from how Kamara played in Columbus, where one player did have to score 20 goals. And that's actually kind of why they were willing to let him go because uh, they thought they could get Zardes in and he would do maybe, maybe he would get to 20 rather than 18. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a huge game potentially for this team for that purpose for not just for winning three, nothing, but for Ola Kamara specifically um, and his place in the ecosystem. Uh, this was a, a win that I think is going to echo through the rest of the year. Certainly hope it does. Um, and we saw, I, I mentioned uh, kind of obliquely, but I want to go a little bit more granular. His two goals, the first one, Russell Knauss gets the tackle on the with that pressing run and just touches the ball into the middle of the field. And Ola Kamara, who had been you know, standing off a guy, kind of inviting the pass back so that he could close it down, uh, finds himself in just acres of space and takes all the time he needed to curl it to the far post. Like, I think he may have read a book while he was sizing up the shot. And then he made no mistake. It was, he, he uh, there have been times when you see a striker taking his time and it takes too much time because he's not confident or, or whatever else. This was just, I'm just going to wait for the ball to roll the right distance away from me, get my feet right and score. Like it was, it was beautiful. Uh, and then the third goal, his second, was uh, a counterattack where Felipe gets put into acres of space, plays Paul Ariola through into acres of space, basically turns a three-on-four into a two-on-two with that pass, and then Ariola chips it to the back post for Kamara, who had correctly fallen off his marker towards the back post, and just heads it very simply right into the center of the goal as the keeper falls past to the other side. It was... It was, I, I said it before, center forward doing center forward things. Those are the runs that, that in those situations that a center forward does. And it, it was great to see it. Um, Adrian Perez, I think, was really impressive again. Did a lot of running. Um, almost set up Kamara for another goal earlier. Mm. Uh, did assist on Areola's goal. Um, Areola was also really, really good in this one. Um, you, you love to see it. Like, granted, yeah. it's against... I. I I actually called into tried and true after the game to, to talk to uh, talk to them. And I, I said there, like when the other team you're facing is, is a tire fire, it's your job to pour kerosene on it. And that's what our attackers, but especially, but the whole team did. In this well, yeah, and, and we've been waiting for uh, somebody to take the creativity of Adrian Perez and Paul Ariola and turn it into goals. And, uh, that's what Ola Kamara was able to do in in this game. Like, I don't think Adrian Perez is going to be a big source of uh, goals, but if he can create with other players on the field, if he can uh, uh, provide for other players on the field, then he's going to be a significant player for this team. And this is uh, one part of what he could show. I mean, he's keeping Emil Assad uh, on the bench right now along with I mean a couple other players are also keeping Emil Assad on the bench but Adrian Perez is one of them and he's showing in this game at least uh part of why that is yeah I I absolutely agree I wouldn't be surprised to see some Perez jerseys next time I'm an Audi field honestly because he's his play is kind of infectious and it's fun to watch because he's all over the place. He's, he's flying around, getting into tackles, getting into the final third, just 
doing stuff. Like it, it reminds me of Danny Cruz, but at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone loved Danny Cruz. Like it's impossible not to. And I think Adrian Perez is kind of cut from a similar cloth. Um, going to the other end of the field, Bill Hamid made his first start. Didn't have a ton to do, but made the saves he needed to, to make to, to keep it, uh, keep the zero. Shouts to the back three as well. Andy Nahar, mm-hmm. uh, Brennan Heinzike, and, and Donovan Pines making his first start of the year. And then Frederick Briant off the bench. Uh, Andy Nahar just bodying Gonzalo Higuain um, when Higuain <laughs> went for a hard shoulder wonderful. tackle on Nahar and just <laughs> bounced off of him. It was incredible. I, I've watched the replay a thousand times and it was 100% clean. There's no penalty shot and Higuain even knew it. He's like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's one of those moments. It's like, how is Andy Nahar this good at center back? He's not supposed to be this good at center back. And yet. I mean, so some of it is just down to the simple, like, He's always had a good soccer brain, so he knows how to play the angles, and he gets he gets to the angles faster. Um, and also, this is a team that spends a lot of time on the front foot, which means that he is kind of out in spaces that center a traditional center back isn't really out in. Um, so I think that's that's a big part of it right there is that um, you know he he minimizes the number of times his height might go against him. Um, it's a, it is a lot more open field play than it is box defending for DC. Um, so that's a lot of it, but I also, um, to, to go back to the fitness thing again, this is another thing that like Andy Nahar has gotten the team figured out, whatever it was, we don't know exactly the things that were going on, but they figured some things out. Uh, they put him on a program, they brought him along slowly. Um, they build up his fitness and now, you know, giving away, I don't know, 25 pounds to Iguain. Uh, he's able to, you know, make that big play. Um, and also just generally not look uh, not look like he's ever been physically in trouble in this spot, winning some headers because he's always been able to jump. Um, so he's always had that leap that uh, is kind of underrated because when he was first here, we didn't really think about his leaping ability because that wasn't really what he was doing. Um, but he it was there. He could always he could always time his jumps as well as jump high. Um, so it's been it. It's a pretty you know it's a, it's a very clever. Uh, use of Nahar um, that I don't think anyone outside of the coaching staff would have expected to ever see. Um, but it's, it's worked really well. And it's another, you know, you're talking about these guys coming back, all of this, you know, the last three guys you mentioned, Adam, are all homegrown guys as well. Um, so that just adds to the feel good factor, I think. Yeah. And like, Andy Nahar has also been in Europe for a while, uh, even if he's been injured a li- uh, for for a decent amount of time. He's been in uh, the Champions League. He's, like you said, he's got all of this soccer knowledge in his brain, and now that he's starting to get uh, uh, fit again and starting to get truly healthy, he's coming back to MLS, to a city he knows, a city he's eminently comfortable with, and he's able to just use everything he learned from his time in Belgium time playing in the champions league and at the highest level of uh, Belgian soccer, which is, I mean, it's a, I would say what a, a upper mid tier European league, not top tier, of course, but I would say upper mid tier. Uh, yeah, like, and like, he's been able to like figure things out and he can use that knowledge to, uh, to body off Gonzalo Higuain, who may be assuming that uh, I'm Gonzalo Higuain. I can just like 
have my way at, in MLS. I don't need to think about anything or or, or do anything. Yeah, uh, the the homegrown center back I did not expect to be making dribbly runs up the field would probably be Donovan Pines, and yet we did see on Saturday so good. he made one or two like completely reactive uh, dribbling runs. Like one of them was he was he tried to pass it and Kevin Paredes didn't make the run, so he's like, "Oh well, I better go get the ball that I just passed." And he went and got it and dribbled around a guy. He's like just reacting. Uh, and and then managed to put Paredes into space and almost got a goal <laughs> out of it. Um, it was really fun to see him out there uh, and you know seeing him run down. Uh, who was it? I, Carranza, I think, at one point uh, lost a step to him at midfield and then caught up with him and made a sliding tackle from the side. Got all mm-hmm. ball and just walked away from it with the ball. Uh, great. That that's what you want to see from him. That I, I would love to see a headed goal on a set piece, but uh, you know that'll come. Uh, and then Brendan Heinzeich, the held it down in the middle of the back three. Uh, I think demonstrated some of the um, maybe the darker Dark arts. arts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he he's got. I, I think I referred to it on Twitter during the game as dark wisdom. He understands uh, some things that that can help you win a game in in this league and in this region, maybe. Uh, but all three of them, I thought, did did really, really well. Uh, maybe got helped out by the offsides, the the linesman with some offsides calls early in the game. But those were all very high up the field and, you know, no reason to think they were wrongly called. So good, just solid play from the back three in this one. Uh, also from the central midfield, I was trying to think of an instance where Russell Knauss or Junior Moreno put a foot wrong in this game, and I just I couldn't none of them come came to mind the the two of them just played phenomenally well yeah i kind of um i found myself the our our post game article was going to be very long if i had bothered um but i did kind of find myself wanting to do like an entire segment on those two because they really um even with miami switching their formation at least for the first portion of the game until the until they were down to nothing um <laughs> They they tried to outnumber DC centrally. They I think that they anticipated correctly that DC was going to play with three forwards, um, or at least two underneath one, um, and that they might be able to create a three v two of their own by bringing um, uh, Uyoa into the middle with Gregor and Matuidi. Um, but instead, it ended up seeing it was almost like Miami had like one point five central midfielders in total compared to. Canals and Moreno and it was the interesting you know the dynamic between them was kind of back to something we saw in 2018 where Canals is the one winning the ball stepping high covering more ground Moreno is more the tempo setter um I think he only had four misplaced passes in the game um so it was that combination of the two of them really doing the stuff that they are good at and um I thought this was low-key one of Moreno's best games in a DC United jersey period um yeah Canals, we we talked about his impact on the first goal and just generally making it so that Miami couldn't get anything done uh, in the middle to such an extent that, you know, with down to nothing with fans booing and all that, Phil Neville ended up his triple sub included. He was like, I'm taking Matt Tweedy off. Um, I, I'm I got to do something else, and he's the one coming out of the game out of that central trio. I mean, Uyo had already been taken one of, out. One but- of one of their five uh, DPS. Yes, at, at least five, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
they they really as much as DC dominated the game uh, in in the early going, especially I think central midfield was where it was happening most of all. Um, and yeah, it, it's I think it's an important performance for both players. Like Canals, we've talked about a bunch. Like I think we all agree Canals starts on this team in any system uh, or formation Lozada's going to put out. Moreno has been kind of a uh, kind of up in the air this whole year. It's kind of been like. Maybe Moses Nyman should be starting over him. Uh, and if not him, then maybe Felipe should be starting over him. Drew Skundrich has been keeping at least, you know, helping keep Assad on the bench. And maybe you start to say, well, maybe he's also a candidate for that second role. Um, so Moreno going, you know, he's now with uh, Venezuela. I believe he's already left. Um, but yeah, this was a very big game for him to kind of like my, my last thing I have to say before I go off to international duty is going to be this game. Um, so I want to make it a good one. And he really, really came through. So, uh, yeah, they, I, I mean, really authoritatively took over the center of the midfield for the entire, even when DC stood off, even when they changed the way they were going about their business and stopped the high press, they still ended up making that area of the field their own, which is partially why, you know, Hamid had to make the one save that was off a set piece. It wasn't even something up the middle. Um, and right. then at the very, very end, he, he made two saves in stoppage time after having one save in the 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, a big part of that uh, was that Canals and Moreno just took over that entire part of the field and, and did not let up. And uh, completing our tour through the 11 players for DC United who started and played well, uh, the wingbacks, Kevin Paredes with his first start of the year, Julian Gressel. Uh, on the other side, I thought the two of them played really well. Paredes, uh, I think uh, the reason to start Joseph Mora in that position over Paredes when they're both healthy is the defensive contributions that that Mora can give you. And you saw Paredes diving into those, literally making a couple of big slide tackles to intercept passes or or break up an attack, uh, it, one of which had Hernan Losada literally punching the air in front of him uh just hyped up out of his mind uh <laughs> it was great to see him uh out there on the left because he does bring an attacking presence that mora just doesn't have doesn't seem to have in his in his bag and you know Paredes skied the one shot that that gressel put on a platter for him early in the game but um other than that i i thought kevin had a fantastic performance yeah they re- i mean they really yeah. both did um I think uh, I'll kind of just quote a Pablo Maurer tweet during the game, uh, during the first half, which is he just said, Julian Gressel looks like Julian Gressel. Um, <laughs> and what he meant is that he looked like the Tata Martina arrow, uh, or Martino era um, version of Gressel. Uh, he probably should have finished this game with multiple assists. It's really unlucky yep. for him that he didn't get any. Um, and Paredes, I mean, if there's a, if there's a, an image, a mental image that sums up DC under Losada, it's this, this play where uh, Paredes hustles back just to win a ball in the middle third along the touchline. Um, and, and it's Losada is just like celebrating it. Like he scored a goal. Um, and that really kind of sums up how the team went to Miami. This is kind of the whole philosophy underpinning all of this is if you keep winning those little challenges if you keep outworking the other guy even at this part of the field where it's not really that big of a deal um comparatively like it's not like losing a battle at the top of the box this is pretty much as harmless as it gets um but if you can fight that battle with the intensity of the ones inside the box and and the ones where you know a goal is threatening if you can bring the same level of intensity 
then you're probably going to start creating more and more opportunities for yourself and you sort of get the ball rolling. It's sort of a, a whole downhill uh, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, Paredes really brought that side of it. Um, you know, after the game, Losada said that he, he chose what he said. He's I, I chose an aggressive formation. Um, and what he, he wasn't just, I, I don't think he was meaning just playing with three forwards. He was also pointing out that his wingbacks were being told go high. And a lot of times when DC would get into the attack, you would end up with five guys across the front. It would be, it would be like a three, two, five. Um, we're so and close. We're, we, yeah. It all, it's almost here. Um, if there's the two, three, five is coming it, back, bring it's gonna, it back. It's gonna happen. Bring it back. <laughs> if, if there's ever a coach that's going to do it, it feels like it's, it's Losada. Um, and if, yeah. if there's ever a podcast that deserves it, it is us. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the play from both wingbacks, I think, um, I think this is this is the the standard that they should be looking to hold themselves to because they both have this game in them on a regular basis. Um, and, and it's good that Joseph Mora has also been, he doesn't play like Paredes, but he's also been not doing too badly himself. It's not like he got dropped for poor performance. It was a tactical thing of, I want to take the attack, I want to make the attacking choice here. Um, and it's good that DC can toggle between those two settings without having to ask a player to change who they are. Um, they can just, you know, this game, okay, we need maybe more defensive work from that left side. So we're going to go with Joseph and have the, that more, uh, you know, defensive surety, uh, in that area. This was a game where it was all about going forward. Uh, Los Alas said, no, this is a team that I think we can, uh, we can beat by attacking them and by pressing them and, and pushing those numbers forward and taking those risks. And the better player in that scenario is Kevin Paredes. So I'm going to go with him. Um, so it's, it's nice to see the options being there. It's nice to see it working. It's also nice to see those guys putting in, I mean, yes, Gressel didn't necessarily get the reward in terms of a tangible thing on the score sheet, but he can look back on this game and say, like, I played really well. Uh, it's, there's no denying Absolutely. I played really well. Um, and Paredes can say the same thing. They both really had a major impact on the game. Um, and you know, with Gressel, especially now that you think about, or now I'm thinking about it, Looking at what Miami set up from the start, the lineup they set out included Joven Jones, who is one of the fastest players in the league, as a wingback against Gressel. So there's a big possibility of it just being Gressel versus Jones in foot races up and down, and that's not a recipe for Gressel to do a lot. It doesn't look like it on paper. Um, but Gressel used his soccer IQ. He used his ability to get into better positions faster. Uh, and, you know, he did benefit from just... Jones, like the rest of Miami's players, were just simply not prepared for the game right. that they there were was, walking into. There was one player on Miami who had any business being on the field, and that was Lewis Morgan, um, yeah. who almost got an assist. Uh, you, you could say Julian Carranza, you know, maybe is close to that level. He he came out looking to try things anyway. Um, but Lewis Morgan, you know, was was really the only threat Miami posed, other than a, a random Gonzalo Higuain moment of brilliance. Uh, he was the one who was working and and uh, trying to accomplish things. Uh, and Kevin Paredes, you know, stood him up a couple of times. He didn't win every battle with him, but he he won enough of them mm -hmm. to to kind of keep Morgan relatively quiet. Uh, he just stood out compared to the rest of his teammates. Um, DC United's next game is not for another three weeks, not till the nineteenth. Uh, it is against the same Inter Miami team. Uh, is there any reason to think we'll preview that 
game, you know, closer to it. But at this point, is there any reason to think that that won't be another easy mode game? I mean, I'm sure Miami. I mean, nothing is. Go ahead, Ben. Nothing's easy for DC United right now. So I'm not taking anything for granted. Uh, but I mean, uh, in my mind, the only thing that might uh, accelerate Inter Miami's chances is if uh, they're like, uh, maybe Phil Neville, uh, go back to England and when we'll try it a different way this time. No, I, I think Miami is going to be stung by how this game went. Like there's a personal pride thing that really, if if it's not hitting them uh, over, because this this is the kind of game that should eat at you for this entire break. Um, to get, to go into, to finally get your a full stadium of fans behind you and just to get clobbered uh, and have no, no one having any questions about whether you deserved it. Miami fans, to their credit, booed their team off the field. It was that kind of night for them. Um so yeah, they blew them expect, off at halftime too. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I expect at least that, like the emotional engagement Miami didn't really have in the game uh, will probably be there this time. Uh, just if nothing else, because of, like these are the guys that made us look foolish. I remember it. It was just a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, this, this, you know, I'm sure Miami will look at the game and try to figure out the things they got wrong, the things where they were too predictable. Um, the stuff that maybe they didn't pay close enough attention to coming in, or maybe they thought, well, we're just going to focus on us and we don't have to, um, you know, think about this aspect because we're changing our formation anyway. So that settles that. Um, I'm sure they're going to do something different. Um, I bet they don't come out in a back three again, because that didn't seem to work. Um, and they will have uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez back as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if DC applies this level of performance uh, at Audi Field in a couple of weeks, then they should be able to beat this Miami team again because they're better than them. Uh, if if DC and and to ben, Ben's point about how things aren't easy for DC, I think Lozada would say that too because he I think he wants them to think that it will nothing there will never be a play in any game that's ever going to be easy, um, and they have to fight for every little thing. Um, and the team has bought into that philosophy, and I think they're going to probably come into this Miami game, uh, you know, assuming that they're going to get Miami's absolute best this next time. But if DC plays at the level they did in Miami, they can handle that. They can take that punch and and still win the game. So that's kind of what I'm expecting next time, just because if if Miami doesn't have an emotional response to a game like that, then they should probably break the whole thing up and uh, like st- start it over from scratch because that means the whole the whole thing is broken at that. Point. I mean, it, it it is though. <laughs> it does it does appear to be, and also it doesn't appear like they're going to be able to just fix it in the normal way because all their money is gone. Yeah, they're they're in for a long slog, and it just occurred to me when you when you mentioned LGP that mm-hmm. Phil Neville responded in effect to losing one of his top two center backs by changing formation to put two more center backs on the field to put in uh, two backups on the field next to his remaining starter, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that, that pretty clearly was not the right decision from him, but uh, we'll see if DC United can, can, you know, lay the smack down on them again uh, in three weeks. That does it for this ep- episode. Please uh, check your podcast feed later in the week. We'll have a conversation with Rose room collective uh, on, on DC United and, the supporters section and, and many other things. Uh, 
But until then, thank you all for listening. Find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Uh, download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com, especially if you are the concept of massage therapy and want to pay us. Actual money, not conceptual money, but actual currency. Eh, I'll take conceptual money. <laughs> I think that's Bitcoin. I guess we, we can convert no, it. As okay. long as I'm we out, can I'm convert out, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. out. No, no, I'm out on Bitcoin. Anymore. <laughs> we are not fans of crypto on this podcast, as it turns out. That said, you know what? No, we're just not fans of crypto. We'll just leave it there. Thank you again for, for listening. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Do you guys know I have a spreadsheet about the uh, 2021 Emperor's Cup in Japan just because? I did not. Do you have a spreadsheet of your injuries yet? No, I don't have an injury spreadsheet for myself. I probably should. Is it a King Cosby thing? No.